The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, welcome in. It is Justin Barclay in for Pat Gray today, and uh, we always go through this. Pat Pat Gray is not here. I mean, he will be. He'll be back. Uh, but I'm here today, and Jeffy was here yesterday. From what I understand, it was a great time, good show. I uh, I'm I'm excited. Got a lot to talk about today. There's so much. This weird thing happens. I don't know about you. But this weird thing happens around the holidays. I don't know if you've noticed this before. Everything kind of comes to a screeching halt, like news-wise. Things are just a little, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's like everybody goes on vacation. And that, that is what happens. But most of the stuff doesn't happen in past years anyway. It doesn't happen like around the holidays. People are checked out. There's like nothing in the news. And usually it's stuff like, I don't know, stuff about dogs, stories about the dogs. And these poor little dogs have been saved from this house fire. You know, good stuff. But, you know, heartwarming, warm and fuzzy, little, little stories like that. We have, uh, Huge, maybe I should say it. huge with a Y, right? Uh, stories to cover. <laughs> this is crazy. So uh, I, I'm kind of enjoying you know, being able to talk about big things, things that matter. I heard there was some UFO talk. Maybe we'll talk about that later. <laughs> there was some UFO talk the other day. Uh, tax cuts is where it's at, by the way. If you look at the, just the headlines on Drudge right now, this does not look like a holiday headline, uh, a Drudge report screen. Or blog for that matter, for any, any, any of these blogs. Tax cut Christmas, home sales best in 11 years. Cone, market will roar more. All these, I mean, that's just the top, those are the top, 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 top on the headline. Along with Tom Hanks saying that they, he would not uh, screen post at Trump White House. That's that movie they're making about that. Yeah. Uh, the Post. They're, they're uh, I, I, so many good movies out right now. This is not on my list. I don't know about you. 888-900-3393 is the number. We're going to throw that out there for you. 888 And if you want to get to me, you can email me to Justin at Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y dot com. So let's start with this taxes back and forth, at least. It was all supposed to be done basically yesterday. House is supposed to go through. Pass what they were going to pass. Then it goes to the Senate. I, I, you look, I took a little bit of the civics class or a little bit of but mostly I slept through all. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I know some of these things. But I'm not like the uh, parliamentarian there in the Senate or whatever. I, I don't know all the rules, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, and quite frankly, 
Uh, I don't think uh, we need to know. That's, that's kind of the, where I where I come from. But anyway, this happened uh, last night. Uh, they they apparently the folks in the house didn't know all the rules either, and they didn't really care. It doesn't, doesn't matter. This is a done deal. It's going to happen. But boy. What fascinates me more out of all this is is uh, not the process, but what happened on the uh, in the media and then on the news, especially if you watched the old CNN after uh, after it all. This is uh, this is what went down. There's uh, Vice, Vice President Mike Pence there announcing that tax bill vote in the Senate. On this vote, the eyes are 51, the nays are 48. The Senate recedes from its amendment and concurs in HR one with further amendment. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is passed. There's a bit of a protest going on there last night. I don't know if you caught that. There was a little bit. Of, it was a little bit of a protest last night over there in the uh, in the Senate. I I don't. First of all, I don't know how these guys get in. And second of all, what is what does that accomplish when you're? Do you? I have no idea. Absolutely no idea why they do and what what it meant. I mean, I guess you know people are kill are are, are yelling this bill is going to kill us kind of stuff. I mean that it yeah it's I mean, this is what they were saying. If there's ever any proof that some folks have just absolutely lost their minds, uh, don't kill us. <laughs> Protesters screamed yesterday, "Don't kill us." Senate bill passed $1.5 trillion tax cut in the early hours of Wednesday. I'm just reading some of this here. House passed it earlier, so, you know, now it has to go back to the House, and that's where it's at now. That's it's happening as we speak. Moments ago, by the way, here's the president, if you want to hear a little bit of what the president had to say yesterday, uh, moments ago. People on the West Side Highway. Talking about fighting ISIS and clearing out gangs. A month ago, two months ago. That's the House debates that tax bill right now. Visa lottery. We don't want this group of people anymore. People met him in the neighborhood. They all said he was horrible, nasty, mean, wouldn't talk to people. They, they could see it coming. They could actually see it coming. When they went back to his area where he lived, they could see it coming. They said, what's he doing here? Well, when we take people to the lottery, they're not putting their best people in the lottery. It's common sense. They're not saying, oh, let's take our best people and let's put them into the lottery so that we can send them over to the United States. No. So he's talking. This is uh, coming on, it looks like, off of the uh, news feed right now. Cabinet cabinet meeting moments ago. He's talking about immigration. He's talking about ISIS, the, the chain migration program. All of that, all of this is happening. The taxes, of course, they're gonna, we get to talk government shutdown. We talk about all that, all that stuff. It's all happening at the same time. And I know the idea is to get all of this done so that, you know, we can be done. Well, maybe we'll see next week won't be as busy. Usually that week between Christmas and New Year's is absolutely dead. It's a snooze fest. It's crickets. I'm telling you, it won't be that way this year. This year's been complete. If you look back, 2017 has been, and I was just having lunch with a buddy of mine talking about how they, I think part of this is the older you get, time flies, which I don't understand. Maybe there's less time or you just experience so much time so it doesn't. But I remember as a kid, like the summers would just absolutely breeze by and it was like you'd blink and you'd miss them, right? But then you'd get to the wintertime, it felt like, oh, man. 
this is taking the, you know like five years to get through winter. You know, especially when you're if you think about school and then you go on break and your break was just a blink. I don't know. There's something about time, but also I, I believe like the way we consume this information nowadays. We look at Twitter, we look at the Facebook, you're surfing online, whatever it is, you're reading the news coming through, 24-hour cycle, in this, and the blogs are even crazier, right? So we are just constantly taking it, drinking out of a fire hose, right? So it seems like everything's just flying. But it also, on top of that, everything is flying. It's all happening right now. So uh, the house is... Debating, I believe that's Nancy Pelosi right now. Debating this again. So they're going through this again. It's getting, it's get passed. It, this is done. This is a done deal, right? Or is it? Hang on. We'll talk to Professor Alan Sachs coming up in a little bit. Professor Alan Sachs, good dude. I love this guy. Every time I get a chance to talk to the good professor, you know, he's got a little history background, talks a little bit of politics, and uh, that makes him kind of an interesting, fascinating fellow. Because, you know, as I was talking about, it's not what happened yesterday, and that really, to me, was not the fascinating, well, they 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 left some things out, or they had uh, some technical issues, or whatever with the rules in the Senate. That's not what it, it impressed me the most. The most, I think the thing that impressed me the most yesterday and maybe you noticed this. Maybe maybe you didn't. I don't know. I, I I occasionally I watch the CNN. I gotta flip through and see what people are talking about. I, I don't I like, listen. This just I gotta see everything. So I saw uh, what they were covering yesterday, and I couldn't believe it. And I can't even tell you again, like right now, what it was. But it was something so ridiculous, minute. So it didn't make any sense to me. They weren't even talking that Amtrak crash. That's legitimate. There's news there, right? I don't remember what they were talking about. It definitely wasn't a tax bill. I thought to myself, why? Fox was well to wall. Saw that, right? Um, These guys had some sort of tertiary, not even secondary topic that they were talking about discussing. It made no sense, and they've done this before. I don't know if you remember, a few weeks back, the president was uh, about ready to do something pretty, pretty I mean, it was something pretty big was going on, and they were out talking about hit. Oh, you you know what it was? It was this, it was the New York City the subway uh, bombing debacle where that guy tried to go out in the subway and he ended up uh, blowing himself up. CNN had people on, this is breaking news as this was happening. They had people on discussing the Diet Cokes the president drinks in a, I, I, I couldn't believe it. And whether or not that would affect his ability to, to think, his ability to govern, to be the president. The Diet Coke, the amount of Diet Cokes that he drinks. That's what we were talking about. He has a drinking problem, the president. Apparently, too many Diet Cokes. Hang on. I got to take a break. We're going to go grab one. Grab your beverage of choice. We'll come back and we'll talk about that, what the media was really talking about when they should have been talking about other things. And does and what what kind of effect does that, that have on, uh, on us as a people? Professor Alan Sachs joins us, too. We'll talk about this tax bill and much more. As the day continues, we have breaking news, I'm sure, throughout the show. So stick with us. This is going to be a fun ride today. 888 thirty three ninety three is the number. 
It's Barclay. And for Pat Gray, this is The Blaze. Pat Gray, only on The Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here. Yeah, it's Justin Barkley in for Pat Gray today, and this, of course, is the Blaze Unleashed. Yeah, I forgot to go into the Facebook. I'm gonna go in that Facebook group here in a second and say hi. By the way, everybody listening to the Facebook group today, if you haven't already turned me off, I appreciate that. Please don't. I mean, I they did let me back. I don't know what happened. Uh, apparently, they just you know that whole phrase that we can't get good help these days. I think it still applies. We just can't. Can't good get help these days. We had to we had to get to talk to this guy and then coming back and then well I was ready to come back. I didn't think they were gonna they were gonna let me after this last debacle around Thanksgiving. Stuffing, dressing. We fixed that. We're moving on to bigger issues. We're gonna talk about UFOs later. Hang on for that. That's big. Uh and then uh, you know, it's Christmas. So I'm sure we can come up with some better ideas. Something better to talk about. Regifting. You know, the thing that's really bugging me right now is tipping. I don't know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do when it comes to the tipping. And I usually, because I, I usually over tip anyway. I like to make sure that I'm doing good, you know, because I've worked in restaurants and places where you get tips. And, you know, my, my wife does for, for a living, uh, you know, and, and so not, not restaurants, but she does work in a uh, business where she gets tips. And, hey, listen, please don't, uh, don't take that the wrong way. It's in the beauty industry. So Ron, I'm just thinking Ron is over here judging me already. He's like, is that why you guys have a lot of single dollars there at your house? That's not what. No, that's not it. Please. Anyway. um, <laughs> So I like to take care of people. I It's a karma thing, too. I think, you know, you pay it forward. I, I just think that's a good. But I get so confused around the holiday. Where do you draw the line? Who do you do? You, and, and I think, you know, it's people you can give tips to or you give gifts to. Or, you know, what do you got? You got to make sure. And I just I want to make sure I'm doing the right. Test. We'll talk about that later. too. lot going on. Professor Alan Sachs talking about speaking of tipping more money and how much is in your wallet. Be they ones or Bitcoin. It doesn't matter. You're going to keep keep more of it. Apparently, Professor Alan Sachs talking about that tax cut. So welcome, and we appreciate you being here uh, today, Professor. Welcome to the show, and uh, how are you? I will not accept the tax cut. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, if I'm going to be I'm going to be really partisan this morning. Yeah. If all those liberal Democrats want to pay more money, and many of them are millionaires, I think it came up uh, several months ago when there was a release of the uh, 10 wealthiest people in Congress, mm-hmm. and seven out of the 10 were Democrats. And so they hear wow. them talk about how they love the little guy, and all the big guys are on the Republican side, uh, leaves me a little bit uh, with uh, some strange amusement. You know, okay, so before we get into what happened yesterday, and I think it's, I think in, in what's coming today, I think it's very interesting. I've been hearing the same thing, Professor, I've heard. This thing just isn't polling well. I mean, uh, uh, nobody wants this tax. I'm thinking to myself, who are they talking to? (laughs) Because I don't think they're asking the right question. Are they saying, would you like more money on your paycheck? (laughs) No. 
you make an interesting point. The mainline media and other people have been beating this so hard that people believe that they're not going to get a tax cut. Some people are not. I may not, given my income category. I didn't figure it up yet. But a lot of people are. But what I think the left really doesn't like is that corporations are going to get a tax cut. It's going to go down to 21%, I believe, from the high now of about 35%. What also it's going to do is bring back trillions of dollars in overseas money that has been left overseas because they don't want to bring it back because of the high tax rate. Mm -hmm. They're going to bring back that money, tax it at a lower rate, and that hopefully will infuse the economy very, very dramatically, provide new jobs, new investments, new infrastructure. And, of course, a lot of people say, yeah, in your dreams will that happen. Well, that may not happen. I think it's going to. But if it doesn't happen, what is the alternative? What are we going to do? If the people that don't like this tax bill, what kind of a tax bill would they propose? Uh, I don't think it'd be much better at all. Yeah. And maybe a lot worse. Hey, I I have to ask you, um, you know, when it, when it comes to these sorts of things, I'm trying to remember back, and I know Professor Alan Sachs, you're, you're a... You're a, a history buff. Go back. What, what did the Democrats, when do they vote for tax cuts? Does that ever happen? I mean, That's a good point. I can't remember it. That's a very good point. Uh, our tax rates were very, very high at various parts of American history. Uh, most of us didn't have to pay them because it was the effective tax rate uh, that, that we paid, which mm-hmm. is usually much lower than what is called um, the real tax rate mm-hmm. uh, with, with deductions and everything else. But that's a good question that you ask. The Democrats love more taxes. And uh, by the way, if, if they, you know, I'm being very sarcastic this morning, but if they want to pay more money, they're pretty wealthy. <laughs> they can, you know, pay some more to the Treasury. Send it on over. If, 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 if you want to. Nobody right. is keeping them from writing out a check. Uh, <laughs> Diane Feinstein is a multimillionaire. Nancy Pelosi <laughs> is a multimillionaire. They're yeah. not poor people. Charles Schumer, I think, is doing very well. Uh, it, it, it's sort of uh, strange to hear them talk this way, like these are poor peasants on the floor of the House and the Senate who are dying to help the little guy. Uh, that is not true. So what you're saying is, uh, go ahead, if you, if you don't like uh, the tax cuts, go ahead and take that money and send it on over. Fill us with you the know? And, and also, I'm curious what kind of a tax bill they would have come up with. I've never heard that yet. That would be interesting. What kind of a tax bill would they propose? Hmm. Good points from uh, Professor Alan Sachs. Okay, so yesterday uh, this thing went through the House. There were some issues with it. Then it uh, went over to the Senate. They cleared some things up. It'll have to go back to the House today. Yeah, Here, doing that right now. As, as we speak, the House is voting on their final tax bill. It had to come back there because the Senate has such very obscure rules. They make their own rules, and uh, so does the House. But the Senate is just full of rules. And the parliamentarian in the Senate said there were some discrepancies that had to be sent back to the House. It'll be done. These are just uh, uh, logistical issues, and it'll be done. We'll have a tax bill definitely by the end of the day. Talk about the news coverage, like the media coverage of this. If I watched CNN yesterday, they didn't talk about this was between the time that there was a, there was a little bit of discrepancy and the Senate had to send it back to the House, which, by the way, uh, as I said, you know, in a historian, uh, historical sense on this, uh, Professor, that's not unusual, is it? That's right. 
that's right. It's not unusual at all. Uh, it, these tax bills are so complicated, and the rules of the Senate and the House are also so very complicated. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell, I understand, going a little bit off to the side to tell you how crazy this thing has become, is offering $2 million to any senator that would vote no. <laughs> you know, By the way, that's called bribery. <laughs> you can't do that. You know, But uh, it, it, it's gotten to be that kind of craziness. And Rosie O'Donnell, I think, is a pretty wealthy woman, you know. Rosie, you can write a check if you want to. <laughs> so so uh, it goes back, and it'll go, what, to go to the president today, and uh, this thing becomes law, and, then, and folks see, see uh, more money in their paychecks as early as, what, February? That's right. I think in their first paycheck after the first of the year, they're going to see the withholding tables are going to look different, mm-hmm. and uh, we may get a few more dollars. It's not going to be tremendous for most people, no question about that. But the overall economy, I believe, is going to be helped. Economics is a murky science. It is not chemistry or physics. Neither is political science. I would tell my students, much to the uh, chagrin of my colleagues, political science is not a science. I don't like that name science uh, attached to social science or economics is not a science either. I don't know why they give a Nobel Prize in it. You know? It's based on wishes, anticipations, human behavior, and that is yet to be modeled perfectly. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen with this, but the chances of this really revitalizing the economy is pretty good. And look at the stock market. Look at all those market indexes. They have just zoomed in anticipation to a great extent of this bill. The economy's been doing pretty good lately due to a lot of things. One of them is President Trump got rid of, by executive order, a lot of regulations. And business likes that. You know, get this stuff off of me. Mm. And then they can make a lot of money. And they have. And the economy's boomed. This may also add a very important aspect of it as well. Get rid of the regulations. We've already been doing that. Also now lower taxes. That could be a terrific one-two punch. Professor Alan Sachs joins us, and uh, Professor, I'm to let you go here. One last thing: uh, this this thing gets done, it becomes law. Uh, they're moving on to the next thing immediately, which is going to be what this uh, whole keeping the government uh, uh, operating. Yeah. yeah, and that'll work. I think some of the people might want to close it down for whatever reasons, but I think it'll work. I don't understand uh, why we don't just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of your inclination. <laughs> Professor Alan Sachs, thanks so much for joining us. 
Quick break. We're going to come back and we'll talk more about this. You want to lay in? You go ahead and weigh in. I'd love to hear your take on this, by the way. I want to know who these people are that were talked to that weren't in favor of the tax cut. Because I, I got to believe the questioning, the messaging was a little bit off on this thing. When it comes to this poll, he said, Dude, this thing's not very popular. What exact? What exactly do you think people said? I mean, was it? Uh, do you? Do, would you like to have less money in your, more money in your wallet, less taxes taken out? I don't think that's the question they asked. How <sighs> about you? I kind of like that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I always felt like I could do better with my money than than like the government. I've seen some of these five hundred dollar. NASA hammers. It just, it's not, I think I could get something better at the Home Depot. Throwing that out there. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. returns on the blaze radio network justin barkley and for pat gray today triple a that's the number you can join us and jump in on the conversation one of the things i think was really kind of interesting about what the professor had to say we talked uh you know talked a lot there was like a, a bunch of huge news stories smushed into one and that's kind of what 2017 has been about 2018 we're moving forward you got to think that's the sexual harassment news story is on the uh, uh, on the forefront there. Of course, what happens with the Mueller investigation? Where do we go uh, with that? But uh, Professor brought up an interesting point just a second ago. He was talking about this story that's broke from Politico. This, if it's real, is is I mean, this is pretty damning. The fact that uh, President Obama allowed Hezbollah to go ahead and traffic cocaine to get this uh, the Iranian deal done. It's not going to do any more damage than that, but I don't even think it's going to be closed down. The next thing that Congress is going to deal with is, is DACA, the, the Dreamers Act. They're going to talk about that. And then after the first of the year, Congress may deal with something extremely important, whether or not President Obama actually shielded Hezbollah from uh, DEA interference in their drug trade and human trafficking in order to appease Iran on that deal. Yeah, this is the Iranian deal, right? So Exactly. If if those allegations are true, that could be the story of the century. What do you, I mean, what do you make of that, Professor? Well, we know President Obama wanted to make a deal with Iran at all costs. And a lot of people, what a horrible deal, you know. And if anybody believes that they are really adhering to that, um, and it should have been a treaty. President mm-hmm. Obama knows he could not get it done as a treaty in the Senate. So with the, with the uh, contributions of the Republicans, uh, namely Mitch McConnell and uh, Bob Corker, who is the head of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, they agreed we're not going to make this a treaty because we know it couldn't get through the Senate. We're going to call it an agreement. Mm-hmm. So from the very start, it was probably unconstitutional. But uh, there we have it. And if he wanted to make a deal with Iran, 
for a whole number of reasons, too lengthy, I guess, to discuss now. Mm. And uh, we didn't want to alienate Iran. Mm. Hezbollah is an agent of, of Iran. They finance them. They supply them weapons. And uh, they were protecting Hezbollah, or so the allegations go, by a, a newspaper called Politico. And uh, if that's true, that President Obama essentially made it difficult for other agencies to investigate and stop Hezbollah's uh, trafficking and illegal activities in order to appease Iran, that's a bad deal. Mm. Professor Alan Sachs, thanks for joining us today. We always appreciate you being here, Professor. You're the best. No, thank you so much. It's greatly appreciated. Hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. How about that? Merry Christmas. And I'll take the tax present as a gift under the tree, too. Uh, just checking on this right now. They are voting in the House, a motion to concur in the Senate's amendment. And the votes are stacking up about 15 minutes left, maybe. Is that right? Keep an eye on this. We'll continue to uh, keep you posted on that. By the way, I was looking through the story. We talking about this uh, this tax this tax bill and the vote last night. You heard the the protesters uh, just a little bit. I I'll play because I think it's important. No, this is this is no this is good. Don't kill me. Kill the bill. Is that what they're saying? I mean, it's important to hear this. You got to hear what what the other side what the other side sounds like. Don't kill us. Kill the bill. Ha. Somebody please explain to me. Is there any logic? Because I don't I can't find it. There never is. Is there any logic between people thinking that, that we're going to cut taxes? And yet, no. And it, you got to think about it. It's what these people are told. My parents are old. Okay. My parents are. God bless them. They're up in their seventies now, and they're getting there. You know, I mean, I, I don't. That's that's spring chicken still. You know, I mean, you could live to be hundred, maybe even more. By the time we get there, God only knows, right? If we make it, right? They're they're always working on these medical. Yeah, they're always working on the medical tech, all the medical tech stuff, all that. You never know how long we're going to live to. But my parents, I got to tell you, they're freaked out by stuff that they, they see or they watch, especially if they ever watch like a CNN or something, I mean, even like some of the mainstream, you know, obviously NBC, ABC, you know, you you got to be careful what you're watching, what you're what you're what you're taking in. You know they're they're on fixed income you know now, so they're very concerned about. Well, do you think? They, they, I read this thing on Facebook. Do you think they're going to get take be able to take away our our medic? Uh, what is it? It's Medicare, right? Yeah, Medicare. Do you think they're going to be able to take away? I call you, you. There's no way. It doesn't matter how much people want to. Let's say, let's just say we'd like to cut government. We're, you know, we need to, we need to make government small. We'd like to do all these things. There's no way you're ever going to get that far. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine? These people, the eruption that we saw, these people that were protesting and chanting, and by the way, the pictures of the people. Oh. Mr. 
Have you seen the pictures? Oh, they've got they because they carted him off, you know. So they've got this. Uh, I'm looking at the Daily Mail here. This article here. Protester who yelled who yelled "Kill the bill," removed by Capitol Police during the Senate vote. And this one picture of this woman is just priceless. How I want to know how this person gets into the 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 Senate to be able to. Look at the way she's dressed and all this other I mean, I, I, it's just a wild. That look on her face says it all, man. She is. So this is who you're this is who you're looking at. This is who you're dealing with on the other on the other side. Part of this, though, they've been whipped into this frenzy. Every time, if you look at the way, and listen, I, I'm not, I, I, I am not an apologist for the president. I, I, you know, listen, I think he's done a lot of good things. I think he's done a lot of positive things. I certainly did not vote for Hillary Clinton. There's, there's no way I, I could have done that or would have done that. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, there's some things I don't agree with all the time. I and mean, that's just how it is with anybody. But this guy doesn't get a fair shake. And he never will. If you've got an R next to your name, you never will. And this isn't even a RD thing. Because I'm not a pol- I'm not a party guy. More of a principles guy. So you know when I look at these things, and you, you watch the news, man. I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough to think about getting this thing a, a fair shake and, and what does it what does it look like? Well, I'll tell you one thing. If they didn't get this done, and it looks like it will be getting done. Just a little under 10 minutes left. Looks like this vote is done and then what? Tonight? Tonight it'll go it'll get to later today, maybe get signed by this by this president and of course it'll be it'll be done deal and then February you're going to get more money in your wallet according to what folks are saying. Some of the stuff back and forth is just incredible, though. Why does it always come down to, we look at, the you know, this conversation. Why does it always come down to the fact that Democrats, folks on the left, they always want to make that argument or that conversation that, you know, conservatives or, uh, you know, Republicans or whatever. You know, they, they, they don't care about people. They care about corporations. I don't understand what they have against corporations. Certainly, again, not all corporations are great. You know, there, there are mistakes. There are, there is, there are things, we're human. So there are things that are going to happen. I just want to know. I mean, I'm I'm just curious. Where do people get jobs? Because the way they would uh, they would point out is the way the government provides all that. The government is the is the one. No, the corporations are the ones that are giving people jobs. Small businesses, especially. So uh, you know this whole idea that uh, you know corporations are bad and that uh anytime you vote on something it's going to be the end look at look at net neutrality over the, we had this discussion over the last couple of weeks look at net neutrality it's like the end of the world and i've got some great friends who are very smart people 
who at the end of the day on net neutrality absolutely have lost their marbles and gone bonkers. I know a guy and, and a good friend. He he actually wrote an article. I think it was for Inc. Magazine. He wrote an article and compared. I think he compared net neutrality to, um, you know, the the sort of what the hassle you go to when you go when you, when you get on an airplane, you have to go to the airport. He just made seven different, uh, several different points, rather. Okay, seven reasons you won't miss net neutrality. Okay, my good friend Jeff Barrett, good guy, but a little off here. He says you won't miss net neutrality. Trust me, it seems bad today, but there are actually a lot of reasons why this ruling will be to your benefit in the future. Less choice, less access, and more fees seem challenging, but will actually create opportunity. Here's how. One, skip long lines. You will now be able, for a small fee, to access the entire Internet. That's amazing. It will be like the airport, and everybody loves the airport. Just like at TSA, you can opt for a pre-check lane or an even faster clear lane. Plus, with those small fees, you'll be able to be a part of a small group enjoying blazing fast speeds while the rest of people struggle to open one page like they're using Netscape Navigator in 1998. I couldn't get past the first point, and I thought to myself, what is wrong with this? Something just don't seem right. Now, I do love uh, the, the TSA pre-check and all that. I do actually like that when I go to the airport. It's kind of nice if you're traveling. I skip the lines, things like that. And I, I, I don't have a problem with people paying. I, I don't have a problem if you're going to get, uh, you know, you're boarding first class, you got a priority access or any of that stuff. When you get on, you get to get on the plane first. I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that's a great idea. Skip the line passes at Disney World. There are all kinds of places that use this sort of thing, right? But I started thinking, what is wrong with this? And I had to kind of like pick it apart piece by piece. But I think the biggest thing wrong with this is that net neutrality folks, the folks that were so fired up about this net neutrality, miss the point. Prior to 2015, the Internet buzzed along. Everything was great. There were no problems. There were no worries. All they did at the FCC was revert the rules back to 2015 rules, right? That's all they did. So why are they, why are they so upset? So I had to dig in a little bit further. I mean, let's just look at this, number one. You, can, you know, Comparing it to an airport, net neutrality, comparing it to another, they're thinking, well, well, hold on. He's comparing apples to apples. Well, kind of. There's oranges here, too, though. I mean, let's think about this. He's saying, and they're very similar, but it's com- it's it's op- it's opposite day. If you think about it, it's completely opposite, right? He's saying it's just like the airport. Well, who runs the Dagon Airport? The government does. And the latest rules said the government's going to stay out of the Internet business. The government is not going to get involved. It's vice versa. When you get on an airplane, the government is involved from the minute you step on or roll on to the federal property that is the airport. I mean, you're talking about completely 
government-run operation. Now, it, it, there there are some things that uh, that are obviously private-run. They are the airlines themselves, but they're highly regulated, right? Uh, there, the, you know, when you get the food at the different stores and you go through the airports, you know, and you buy things. Okay, those are private companies, so that's not like you know, that's not like you know, government-run. But when you look at this and you're comparing the net neutrality to what we saw when we look at the, you, your daily experience at the airport and how much that sucks. No matter, I don't care what you, you get that TSA pre-check, that's great and everything, and it does make things nicer. When you got to fly, boy, I got to tell you, it sucks. It's not the best day. It's not the best. You think about it. It could be so much better. It could be so much nicer. For the love of Pete, Elon Musk is trying to figure out a way to shoot people through tubes across the country because the airlines and the uh, the air travel itself is so tedious. But eventually we'll all be using UFOs, right? So They're trying to figure that out right now. So my point is, is that when you're arguing with somebody and you're maybe sitting down for, uh, I don't know, Christmas dinner or whatever, and you have coming up with the holidays, some sort of party here in the next few days, be careful when you're talking to people. Because when you step in that quicksand that is the just the absolutely upside down world of stranger things, you have no idea where you're, you're you know, you, what you're saying doesn't even make sense anymore. That person that's talking to you is completely, uh, absolutely 100% talk to you upside down sideways back and forth and you don't even know what 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 sense of the world looks like anymore now you know that's where it came from it starts with the absolute absence of logic there's none a lot of emotion zero logic and as we know that always works out in the end quick break we got to take one we'll be back AAA 93 is the number that's 888-900 three three nine three you can hit me on the email justin at justinbarclay.com i'm also on the twitters every now and then i like to tweet a few things here and there give me a follow over there and say hey by the way if you're listening and you're checking in the pat gray unleashed page in the facebook say hey love to talk to you we are uh we're live for pat gray it's justin barclay this is the blaze pat gray unleashed on the blaze radio network Unleashed. There is a story right now on the blaze that I I might have to get a hold of my buddy in Alabama, my buddy Adam, about this. Uh, I don't know if you have seen this or not. There are now voter fraud concerns in Alabama. I'm serious. All, all in the uh, the election of Doug Jones, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what to make of this. I don't know. I mean, according to what I understand, these, this election and the results should be certified next. Is it next week? Maybe. So this thing might be a done deal. But would you imagine? Could you believe that there would be voter fraud involved in this? And let me ask you, is this even a wound that we want to open up? Because I feel like we made it past this. 
as Americans. Folks in Alabama, I'm sure, feel like they dodged a bullet in some ways. But the vote was so close, and now there are concerns because of a news report that took place on the night of that election. Oh, man. Should I play you on here or listen to a little bit of this news report? He has launched an investigation into these concerns, and he's trying to find out who this man is and if he really meant what he said or if he only misspoke. Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill opened up an investigation into the voter fraud allegations. After this woman, this reporter here at this station in Alabama, it's Fox 10, I believe, in Alabama, interviewed some guy the night of the election. Here she is telling you all about it. This was the rowdy scene Tuesday night at the Sheraton Hotel in Birmingham. Hundreds of Doug Jones supporters shouted and cheered as the news had just broke that their candidate was going to win. Unprecedented victory tonight. And I was in the middle of it all, bringing the excitement live to you on Fox 10 News. As we were waiting for Jones to take the stage to give his victory speech, I interviewed a number of jubilant supporters, getting their reaction to the big win. But it was this man's comments that went viral. Why are you excited to see this victory? Because we came here all the way from different parts of the country as part of our fellowship, and all of us pitched in to vote and canvas together, and we got a boy elected. Secretary of State John Merrill says he's received hundreds of complaints from concerned citizens about that brief interview. Well, it's very disconcerting when someone who is not from Alabama expresses the fact that they had participated in our election. And so now it's incumbent on us to try to identify this young man to see what kind of role he played, if he simply played a canvassing role, if he was a part of a process that went out and tried to register voters, or if he himself actually became a registered voter. Some people believe the interview should be considered proof of voter fraud. We don't. Can you, can you imagine? I mean, this is this, I I I I can see it happening. That's why it's that's why it's so concerning. That yes, this could happen. And the way the votes came in that night of people doing that, our numbers would not indicate that that has happened. But when we have somebody that's recorded and documented on television saying that they voted, and that's what he said, then we've got to get to the bottom of that. I have to tell you, I you know I I have a local show, okay. Here in the uh, in the beautiful yet cold state of Michigan, where I live in Grand Rapids, and the day after, I said, "Well, this is really interesting. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I hate to say this, but the way this all went down last night, it's ripe for some sort of voter fraud or election stealing." And now this. I got to see if I can get my buddy on uh, from Alabama. I'll hop on the horn and see if we can do that. We'll take a break here at the top of the hour. Looks like uh, this this thing is passing in the House right now, it looks like. The voting is happening. It looks like Paul Ryan has got a gavel. And I think he just he just slammed it down. Looks like it just just had the votes to pass. So that's that. More on this as we continue. 
Yeah, no, that's going to happen. So it's going to the president's desk, and uh, then uh, let's see. Let's see what else. Important title of the bill: HR eleven fifty nine, a bill to provide for continuing cooperation between the National Aeronautics and Space Administration and the Israel Space Agency, and for other purposes. The question is: Will the House suspend the rules? Uh, that's uh, that's another bill, I guess. They're moving forward. I don't know. Maybe that's the I. I honestly have no idea the rules and how all this stuff works. I feel like that's a part of the problem. Americans, we don't understand our system, and so that leaves a lot of room. Too much room for us to imagine things like voter fraud could happen in the case we'll talk about as we continue next. Whether it did or didn't, boy. Ah. <sighs> Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the number. You can join us. Barkley in for Pat Gray. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. There is trouble. Trouble in the Star Wars land. Looks like uh, this thing is not as big as they thought it would be. Man, it's kind of interesting. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. It took home, what was it, something like a gazillion dollars over the weekend. Not, a, not as much as they actually expected it to. That's a rough estimate, by the way. If you're looking for uh, a full number, not a, not a, not exactly, not exactly. Uh, but their Monday box office numbers, um, they said wasn't wasn't as good. And that's interesting. I've heard people were okay with it. It wasn't like the best movie ever, but I think there's a lot of people that are just Star Wars fans that like it, that are going to like it no matter what. Is this a movie that makes you want to come out and see it if you're not a Star Wars fan? I don't know if there's that much buzz around it. I think I'm going to go see it later on this afternoon. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I, I, there's so many good movies out. I, I'm, and I have this really magical, fun thing that lets me go see movies here at the local theater, whenever I want to. So I'm, I could literally probably just like pull up a mattress and leave it in, you know, like an air mattress leave it into uh in, in the uh, theater there and it'd be fine <laughs> although they, they do yeah they do have uh like recliners there so you you know maybe just uh take in one of those uh i don't know what right one of those maybe like a snuggie remember those things yeah i need that that's what i need I'll be going to check it out, by the way. Hey, thanks, Ron. I appreciate this. Here are the uh, opening weekend numbers. It, like I said, it was like a gazillion dollars. I can't even read that number. It's so big. I think it's $220 million. Is that right? $220,047,000. So uh, that was opening weekend USA. Gross USA, two hundred forty-one. Cumulative worldwide was <laughs> it's like four hundred ninety-four uh, million dollars, <clears throat> almost a billion. So I think they're probably cool with that, you know. <laughs> Even though they think that they were going to make a little more money, what do you think? They're probably cool with that, right? I would be fine with that, you know. 
Trouble down in Alabama. I'm going to go to my buddy down there. One of my favorite Alabamians. Alabamians? Alabamians? I don't know. Adam Davis, my good friend, author, entrepreneur, former uh, law enforcement uh, hostage negotiator. How are you, Adam? I'm good, Justin. How are you, my friend? I don't know if you've been following it. I don't know if you've been seeing this. There's now trouble. Uh, trouble, I say. Trouble right down there in Alabama. Um, yeah. Are you following this story? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, and, said, and I, and I, he said with yeah, a sigh. I'm, I'm <laughs> It, it's not good when any conversation begins with a sigh like that, is it? No, uh, no, that's exactly what I thought when I saw it. I go, oh, man. Oh, you know, oh. Listen, listen yeah. it, it, it all stems from from what I understand from one guy's uh, statement he made at the uh, Doug Jones victory party on election night. And uh, so Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill uh, begins the investigation uh, over concern of potential voter fraud uh, based on this one young man's statement. Now, uh, there have been other other claims, but they were from self-described satir- uh, satirical websites, um, you know, people being busted in and things of that nature, which have not been proven to be factual at all. Mm-hmm. Here's a little bit. I'll play just a little bit of the clip of this kid so you can hear what he said here uh, that night there on, uh, I guess, when Doug Jones won. Yeah. There we go. Here's that clip. Because we came here all the way from different parts of the country as part of our fellowship, and all of us pitched in to vote and canvas together, and we got our boy elected. Secretary of State John. Okay, so that that that's his that's his statement. He said, you know, we came here to do this and we got it done and we're very excited about it, that sort of thing. So uh, what, whether or not he meant, hey, we came here from all over to vote or we came here for, from all over to support this campaign, which is not, yeah. no, that's not unusual. Those things happen and in a very highly contested situation sure. uh, down there in Alabama, that's, that, that, that could be seen. Well, listen, and, and I think that that uh, Secretary of State Merrill ha- has a has an obligation to. Uh, I think he has to investigate this this situation. Um, but from what I understand, he's received you know his office has received seventy or eighty uh, potential claims of voter fraud, and, and the majority of them have not been factual. Um, but this one. You know, I think that he has to to look deeper into it and to see to see who this who this young man is and and what his uh, what his involvement was. Yeah, and you know, I I I remember back that night I was watching this video, thinking this to myself. And Adam, you were like, along with a lot of other folks there in Alabama, you were you were like it was like football Sunday. You were locked in, yeah. like the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know. Locked in, you had the TV pulled up, you probably had you sitting down in your armchair there, you got your popcorn ready to go and uh watching this thing come down the wire. Yeah, um, I had split split screens going watching uh watching live results on AL dot com and uh yeah, uh, I, I was keeping track of it. So, you know, uh, I enjoy following politics as odd as that may be. I don't want any involvement in it, but I enjoy following <laughs> it and studying it. Yeah. 
That's uh, because you're a man of reason. And this is the problem with this <laughs> politics is that the good people who need to go, uh, uh, you know, represent and to serve, boy, they don't want any any part of it. They don't want to. They don't want. They don't want to be a part of this at all. So what are we left with? This is the craziness yeah. of it all. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think I, I think Secretary of State Merrill is is doing his job. Uh, it's not an attack on either party. Uh, and and I'm interested to see what comes out of it. I'm interested to see what this what this uh, what this young man's full you know his actual intention, uh, what he intended to say, what he actually meant, if he meant county or country, you know, caught mm-hmm. up in the emotion of the moment they're celebrating at the victory party. Oh, victory I don't party, think I don't, or, you mm-hmm. know, or, or what you know what. Yeah. What what really happened? What was his involvement? Countryside, was, maybe. We've yeah, come from yeah. all over the countryside. <laughs> you know, you know the, but i got to be honest with you. The way that guy was talking, it might have even been, hey, we've come from other countries. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and, 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 and that's the thing is that when we live in the day and age that we live in, Adam, we don't know what's real and what's not. This fake news oh. is, is uh, you know, so we we live in this world where we can't, and so we have to look into these things even closer. Even the appearance that yeah. this would be, that this would be happening is a big it's a big problem, not just for folks in Alabama, but yeah. folks here in the United States. You've got a, a sitting senator, Al Franken, accused of something, and he comes out and says, "You know, I'm going to step down." Now they're talking about him not stepping down, and that's surely probably yeah. the next piece of this is that he's not going to do that. It's a huge black eye on 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 not just Alabama politics, but but our our entire uh, electoral process in in the United States. Um, and you know how many more how many more elected officials are going to be um, taken down because of accusations, because of claims, and things of that nature. And uh, who's going to be left standing at the end of the day? And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a big mess. You and I had the conversation the day of. We had a conversation the day after this election. Yeah. And uh, I remember you were just shell shocked, and I think a lot of people were. A lot of folks in Alabama. A lot of people were. Yeah. What was that like on the ground there? I'm just I'm curious. Well, you know, uh, Doug Jones got a lot of support. Um, and not just from uh, Democrats. He got a lot of support from from some uh, from some hard nosed Republicans because they just uh, couldn't stomach voting for Roy Moore for one reason or another. Um, and you know, but I, I really believe that Alabama, having been a traditionally red state, and having you know uh, elected a, a Democrat senator in over what two decades. Uh, everybody just expected it to be a, a walk-in victory for a Republican, no matter who was on the ticket. Yeah. And so, you know, when when that happened, when uh, Doug Jones won, it was it was a huge shock to everybody. Uh, you know, well, uh, obviously his supporters expected him to win, uh, but but those that were expecting Roy Moore to win were were supremely shocked. You know. I watched, and I'm reminded when I watched this video, uh, my good friend Adam Davis is on the phone. He's a former law enforcement officer. Uh, he's an entrepreneur and uh, author now in Alabama. And one of the things I noticed, when they showed the two, like 
before the polls had closed, right? They showed the two yeah. like victory or or I don't know, they they we weren't they weren't victory celebrations yet, but they showed the two rooms where these people were in. One was filled to the brim and one was kind of dead and not very exciting. Yeah. The Roy Moore room was filled and the Doug Jones yeah. room was not. And and I thought to myself, watch this video. There again, there's only a handful of people in there. So I'm not sure if that has any indication as to what went on or what happened. Um, but I will add to this is the comment that I made to you that following day when we watched this happen in real time. What happened was you saw all the Roy uh, more votes pour in from the usual suspects, from the usual uh, precincts and counties. Then, then uh, you started to see votes come in from these uh, urban and and, and uh, highly populated, uh, kind of lefter leaning sort of areas, right? Uh, that that uh, Doug Jones got it seems like he got a lot of votes from. And I said, oh boy. If you are going, and I now preface this, and I said to you too, and I'll say it again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, although I'm open. I'm just a, I, I like to ask questions, right? We're going to talk about UFOs later, okay? But we'll we'll just keep that. Um, but but you know, I said you know, if you were gonna if you were gonna rig an election, this is how you would do it. You would wait to see what votes you needed in order to throw. Uh, the election off and and uh, throw them in there from these certain precincts, and that is appears it, it appears to be um, what happened. I'm not saying that that's that 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 this election was rigged, but boy, again, the appearance in the world that we live in today with Russia, this fake news, that I mean, boy, a- a- Adam, what does that tell us? Well, you know, a, a lot of people. A lot of people were wrong about the, uh, you know, including myself about the Alabama Senate election, and and um, a lot of people were wrong. And but what were the final so, numbers? I think that the 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 gap uh, was around twenty thousand votes. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's between Jones okay. and uh, and more. So roughly twenty thousand. I don't have the that's, exact number in front of me. That's not hard but, to uh, do, though. That's not hard to. No, no. I mean, you're talking. You know, it was a huge turnout for for this type of election, and um, but you know, there there are some issues in in the election process for uh, especially for voters, and uh, there's a lot of confusion for different uh, individuals, mm-hmm. and uh, they've they've got to get that sorted out so that this doesn't keep coming up. Uh, what do you and, see and, as you know, as the major issues? Well, uh, number one, where do people vote? Where where do you need to vote? Where is your precinct? That needs to be made clear. Uh, mm-hmm. Clear communication about where their precinct is going to be. That's not just in in Alabama, uh, but but really in any state. Making it clear ahead of time, not not the week of. Uh, I I can tell you that we received a card the week before the election mm-hmm. that said this is where we're supposed to vote. Uh, that doesn't give you any time to make any changes if that in, mm-hmm. if that information is incorrect or if you've moved. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives you no leadway there, um, and more uh, more education of the public, making awareness, uh, making people aware of of the of the process of hey, this is where you vote, uh, this is how you register, 
And uh, this is what you can expect the day of. And uh, obviously, you know, there were several million people who didn't have that that problem, but there are some who still have that problem. It's a, it's a right of, of all law-abiding citizens uh, to be able to vote, and uh, they need to be able to – they need to know how the process works. Um, but this, this goes back to, you know, uh, to a- apathy. For so long, we haven't really cared. And that's why you saw low voter turnouts in, in years previous. And, uh, and now we see where are we, where are we supposed to go vote? What are we supposed to do? What's the process? So there's, there's some confusion there. And, um, you know, and whether you vote Republican or whether you vote Democrat and things of that nature. So just awareness, uh, education, and, uh, and, and staying more involved. Mm. You know, when I talked about the process yesterday with this, this tax vote, that's uh, now it's passed yep. the passed the House again. Uh, it'll go to the yeah. president's desk, and looks like tax cuts will be here. When yep. I talked about this earlier, I said, "You mean you know this is kind of interesting because um, I, 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 I think it's confusing for regular America when you just look at this process and what happens in the rules in the Senate." And the That's rules right. in the house and all this stuff, but a lot of this is intentional. We yeah. we can have a much simpler process, but we choose not to, and we also don't understand them because we don't feel like we need to. I mean, we we got too much well, happening on on a daily basis. You're worried about putting food <laughs> on the table for your kids. That's you know what exactly I mean? Exactly right. You're not concerned about the uh, all the moving parts in which there are a lot of them, and yeah. and our government on uh, on the national level and. Um, you know, it, it just it it requires Americans to stay informed and to understand the process. And that yes, there are a lot of moving parts, and yes, they are there uh, in for a system of checks and balances. Um, and does it always work? Uh, no, but it is the best system um, in the world. It is the best system in the world because it works itself out at the end of the day when you remove special interest uh, involvement, and when you remove outside influence. Uh, but that's, that's when it gets tricky, is when you have, uh, when you have the influence of, of special interest and then you have corruption and, and things of that nature going in there, and it, it just sort of taints the whole process. Got to take a quick break here. Uh, Adam, hang on with us if you can for a little bit. I got, I got a yep. couple other questions I want to talk to you. My good buddy, Adam Davis. You can find him at theadamdavis.com. He's a uh, former law enforcement entrepreneur now, and uh, he is an author. A couple of great books. We'll give you a chance to talk about those, two when we come back. If you're hanging out with us, we appreciate you being here. 888 if you want to jump on the phone and join us. If a line becomes available, we'll grab your phone call at justin at justinbarclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mr. Justin Barclay. Tweet me. Say hey. And uh, check in. We're back right after this for Pat Gray on The Blaze. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on The Blaze Radio Network. Gray 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a sad. Just get my coffee, man. I tell you what, man. These folks at the Blaze are demanding. You know, you got to be here on this time and do this. It's just tough sometimes. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> I thank you, Rod. I appreciate that. Now I just walked back in and I heard the music play. I go, oh, my gosh, that was the quickest two minutes I've ever felt. I don't know what it is, but time just, it just feels like it's just rolling. It's just, just completely flying these days. My good friend Adam Davis joins us at theadamdavis.com. He's an entrepreneur. He's an author, former law enforcement. And uh, Adam, we appreciate you being here, man. Do you, the older you get, do you get that same sense that time just like flies? It is absolutely flying by. It's hard to believe that we are uh, less than a week from Christmas. And I, and I think that has to do with the fact that that I have children. <laughs> yeah. And it goes by yeah. faster every year uh, the older they get. It's just weird. I don't know. I mean, we're 90 days away from opening day here with the Detroit Tigers. And I think about that. Yeah. I was like, wow, well, that's wow. fast. Yeah, we'll be yeah. baseball again. Yeah, a couple uh, of weeks we'll be done with college football for another year. Oh, don't say it. <laughs> you know, I do enjoy it, too. Yeah, you know, this this has been a rough year. Um, if you're a Lions fan, it's always a rough year. For uh, the NFL, but uh, thankfully I'm not like I'm just kind of like Lions fan by marriage. I'm not from yeah. Michigan originally, so I have you know I I don't have to watch the Lions play. Do you get into like NFL at all? Uh, I don't watch any NFL. I watch uh, college football, and that's it for me. That's that's all you got time for. I bet that's all I have time for. That's that's my that is my leisure activity. So I grew up in Indiana, and we had the uh, the university, the Indiana University. Well, they don't really have a football team. I mean, they have yeah. one, but you know. So I don't it's really have Alabama. like a. Co- <laughs> What's that? Alabama. No, it's a little ways from that. Uh, so so I didn't really have it. And then NFL wise, I, I guess uh, you know, man, the Colts weren't doing too hot back in those days, and so my dad wasn't really into. Well, I didn't watch a lot of football when I was a kid, but. Uh, boy, I got to tell you, I do enjoy it. I don't really, the NFL these days is so hard to keep up with. And one of the things it that I, I I think Adam, and th- th- aside from them, like completely, I, I just 100% turning their base off and the people that watch them and just defending them, thumbing their nose, flipping them off, right? And saying, hey, we don't care about what you yeah. think. One of the things that I think really um, has made it tough is this idea that what we, what we were just talking about when we come to, you know, we're looking at this this uh, this this tax cut, the votes, and people trying to understand that, uh, and, and the procedure that happens. You know, uh, CNN ran with this last night. Like it was like the biggest story of uh, the entire year that uh, the House would have to uh, vote on this again. This is how Washington works. This kind yeah. of thing happens all the time, over and over and over again. Uh, but because we don't understand necessarily how these things work. And then again, in the case of this possible voter fraud, the concerns that are happening down in Alabama, um, there's probably nothing that's going to come out of this. Just the fact, yeah. though, that there's a there's a possibility that something has happened. Uh, that's I think that's the issue. If you look at the NFL, the issue is, boy, this thing's hard to follow. The rules are always something new every day, and it's really not cut and dry. And um, 
the refs in, a, in the blink of an eye can completely shift the game. I mean, it's yeah. it's a, it's. It, I think that's that that has the same feeling of of where we where we sit in real life. Most of the time, we live life on a on a very superficial level, and you know we're we're an automated click to like. Our friends are all on Facebook type society now, and and it's based on all of that. And so when we step away from that, everything else does look more complex, and there is a lot of moving parts. Um, but you're talking, you know, an NFL, NFL is a, a multi, multi-billion dollar business. Uh, the U.S. government has a ton of moving parts, and that's for our good. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they work for, they work for us. And it, that's the way it was intended. Uh, that's not the way it seems now. Um, they're, they're supposed to be there for us. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, the, our government is, is supposed to, supposed to be at the, the hands of the citizens and it's not, it's at the hands of, of the elite. And, uh, you know, we, we very, the only involvement we have is in, uh, in the electoral process, essentially. So, um, anyway, I mean, that's, it, it's, it can be very complicating if you don't spend years studying it. It, it, is, it is very complicated. TheAdamDavis.com. Some great books, by the way. And I'll throw those thank out you, on Justin. Twitter. And, Adam, I appreciate you being here with us, man. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining oh, us. Thank you, Justin. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas, brother. You too, man. Who knows? Maybe even talk him into coming back on with us and talking about some stuff. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Apparently it's a big party over at the White House. I did not get invited. Did you get invited to this? Big party over at the White House. Republicans going over to celebrate, according to the uh, the headline there. That I'm watching here on the, the Fox News. Fox News alert. Congress has passed a tax reform that's gone through the House, then over to the Senate, then back to the House. Now to the President. Do you remember that whole how how a bill gets made? <laughs> from that video from Ben. What 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 was that? Uh, what, what was that like? Rock and roll. How how who did that? What was that? How a bill gets made. Remember that schoolhouse rock. <laughs> Turns out it's not that simple. But boy, wasn't that the coolest thing ever, man? That show. How a bill? I, I think. Hold on. I think I might might be able to find. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that for my. I do remember the the pieces of it though. You, know. well, you <laughs> okay. sure gotta climb a lot of steps to get to this Capitol <laughs> building here in Washington. Well, I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is. Uh huh. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. 
and I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. That's, that's the bill last night, by the way. <laughs> Had to go back back over the house. Well, it's a long, long journey to the Capitol City. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday, at least I hope and pray that I will. But today <laughs> I am still just a bill. Gee, Bill, you certainly have a lot of patience and courage. Well, I got this far. When I started, I wasn't even a bill. I was just an idea. Some folks back home decided they wanted a law passed, so they called their local congressman, and he said, you're right, there ought to be a law. No, they need to do an update to this. <laughs> because that is not how it works, especially anymore. That's why I don't, I don't get everybody being so upset, specifically when it comes to net neutrality. Some of these folks are so upset. The way it is now, I think it's a lot better off for all of us. If the government has more control, they think that corporations, you know, the, the dirty, the bad, the evil corporations, are going to have less control. That's why they're so fired up about it. Well, the internet's going to just completely go to pot now. It's going to be it's going to be trash, and we're not going to be able to watch any of our Netflix or any of this other stuff that we like to do. I get it. I understand because to me, Netflix is the most important thing. Um, no, I get it. But the the point is 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 it's not. I think you're worse off if the government's in, in control. Why? For ex- for example, okay, this this guy. It's like the. I want to go back to when whatever this was done in the seventies. That's what I want to go back to. I just was. I I must have been so much more naive then. You know, obviously as a kid, you don't you don't you don't know anything. It's just so much better, right? Well, what if that is how how it happens? That is not how it works these days. What happens is, all of these big companies, the Comcast, the Amazons, the whatever, right? Okay. That's what they're afraid of, that they're going to start controlling the Internet and then they're going to shut things down and turn them off and then let only certain people go through and you got to pay more. And I talked to a buddy of mine the other day and he said this is this is what he felt. I guess we're having this whole conversation. He said he felt like high speed Internet access should be a right. It's a right, he said. I couldn't imagine. I just couldn't believe what he's right. Like so, they want to get rid of the Second Amendment, but they want this new Wi-Fi amendment, right? <laughs> Throw that into the Bill of Rights. So, I, I, uh, the whole conversation we had. Just imagine this with me. Follow me here along this logic. If I wanted to live anywhere, I could move anywhere out into the frozen tundra of, uh, I don't know, up north in, in Alaska somewhere. I like watching those shows, right? Like, what, what, what's that? What's that one show where they're frozen up north? Man, I can't remember. They live out in the middle of nowhere, and that lady has to go out. She she operates like the airstrip there, and that's where the planes come in. They deliver stuff, and then she's got to like go out there with her gun and hunt moose. Some days, that's where I want to live. That's uh, there are some days. Don't get me wrong. I like where I am. Uh, you know, it's cold enough here already as it is. Uh, during the winter time, but man, some days I just wish I was out in the middle of the frozen tundra, away from everything and everybody else. I don't. I just feel like I'm getting pushed that way these days. But uh, uh, I, she goes out there and she hunts moose with her gun and whatnot. And so if I wanted to move all the way out there like she is, well, the guy has to write. The government has to come out there because that's where our rights come from, right? The government. 
Of course I'm being facetious, but what I'm saying is if it's right now, we have to go out there and provide you Internet and high-speed Internet. You have a right to it. You know, these folks don't even have, uh, you know, they don't have, they have to dig wells and whatnot to get their water and things like that. I mean, they, they, I mean, you, you, as far as the government providing something for you. So don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, this whole net neutrality argument, and, and it's something that I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a little, the more I dig into it, the more and more, um, heated I get about it on the other side. For example, if the government stayed in charge of it, they think that big go- this was the whole point, that the big corporations, the evil, greedy big corporations wouldn't be and uh, they wouldn't be able to control their lives. I said, are you kidding me? We don't live in this this straight up capitalist uh, society in this the republic that you think that we live in. We live in this new day and age where it's a, a it's crony capitalism. Speaking of which, so how does a bill get up to Capitol Hill? It doesn't start with those citizens. That's not. No, that's not. No, there ought to be a law. No, no. What happens is, is that guy or that uh, that company, and they go, "Hey, uh, so I, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you some money. Uh, I'd like to contribute to your campaign." And uh, they have this meeting behind closed doors, and they light some cigars. That's how it happens. So if the government's got more control of the internet, what do you think's going to happen? It didn't matter. Do you remember? The, the CEO of Comcast was over there, Xfinity or whatever they call it now, playing golf with President Obama. I don't know how many times he was around playing golf because this guy knows. I don't blame the guy either. I mean, he knows. This is how you get business done in this, in this climate. And it's, that's what they were going to end up having to do to stay in business. All these green initiatives, all these other things, because they didn't want to get shut down. So, what do you do? The internet is controlled by the government. Then they have the government has the power. See, if the internet is not controlled by the government, then you, the people, have the power in a more direct line. In order to get a bill or a law passed, God only knows the kind of you know. The real things that have to happen and the, 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 the world has to be moved, the earth shaken in order for those kind of things to happen, right? Uh, that's just the way it is. But you can vote right now, here and now in the present, with your dollars, with your, your own hard-earned money. That's how that works. So, uh, in other words, I just absolutely lose it. The more and more I get into this, I'm thinking about net neutrality. By the way, we, we're looking at tax reform. I said the, the, uh, that bill has gone up, gone on up to Capitol Hill, apparently. Sat down and rolled me out and introduced me to Congress, and I became a bill. <laughs> it's, it's ready to be signed. It'll go into law now. Uh, and uh, what they say, February is when you should start to notice it on your paycheck. I'll take that. So uh, I was just looking. At, I got a couple of uh, emails, comments, etc. By the way, I just want to say hi to Larry's listening. We appreciate you, Larry. Larry's hanging out with us today. A lot of folks in the Pack Ray Unleashed group. 
there is a Facebook group. I don't know if you know about this or not. Some do, some don't probably. It looks like there's a decent number of folks in here. It's always a good conversation, and it's a Facebook group that revolves around Pat's show, and I don't know if Pat ever even really talks about it, but um, is Pat on Facebook? I don't know. He, he is on the Facebook. So I don't know if he dips in here and talks about this stuff or not, or if, if he ever, you know, ever says hi in here, but uh, a, a big group of uh, fun people in here. Mark, I want to say hi to Heather. Amy's listening today. Jared, Michael, and Savannah, a couple other folks there. Uh, they have not completely kicked me out, so I appreciate it. If you're still with us and you're hanging out and you haven't turned me off yet, these folks are posting some interesting things, too. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story about the Disney animatronic robot, the the President Trump robot. Boy, that one's good. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. This one is creepy. It is so creepy looking. It's at Disney World. Yeah, 100% the creepiest thing you've seen. To, and I remember when you went into the Disney, like the Hall of Presidents or whatever. You remember that? So now they've got one for uh, President Trump, and it looks so weird, and it looks so creepy. And this guy, I don't know who Maple Cocaine is. That's his name, History in Flicks on the Twitters. Uh, Twitchy posted this, by the way. This guy says, the more I see of Disney's Hall of Presidents Trump, the more I'm convinced they made a Hillary one first and had to redo it. It's uncanny. It's act, It's like the weirdest thing you've ever seen, and the people are talking about this right now. Disney, 100% people are saying. By the way, it took them a long time, I think, to get this thing done. Somebody says, Jeff goes, yeah, it really does look like a Hillary, uh, uh, an HRC face repurposed into a Trump animatronic robot. I've heard some very reputable sources at uh, Walt Disney World that the Hillary animatronic uh, robot was about 70% done, if not more. And so then they had to read. <laughs> when you look at the face, I'm thinking, you know, it kind of does look a little bit like. Go look at that. And you tell me that it's not. I'll tweet this out. You go look at it and you tell me you tell me this doesn't look like Hillary Clinton. Triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, can I take a break here? I'll tweet this out and I'll come back and we can talk more. I got something else I want to talk to you about as we talk about taxes. Anything you want to add to the mix as well? Triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, you can join us at uh, Justin at Justin Barclay B A R C L A Y dot com on the email. Back next, in for Pat Gray on the Blaze. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Digging the intro music kind of sounds like Flock of Seagulls a little bit there for I run. I run so far away. That's what I was hearing at first. <laughs> we were just talking about Alaska off the air, and yes, Ron, it is. That's right. You I you reminded me. That's that's totally 
It is like, um, I don't know what it is, but in Alaska, you know, you get six months of what? All day daylight, sunlight, and then all day and night uh, darkness. And the sunlight wouldn't bother me as much because you could get the blackout curtains and shades and whatever on your... It, it would be kind of weird, but you could do that. And you, you, you'd you figure out a way around it. I'll tell you what really sucks. What gets me anyway is the SAD, the seasonal affective disorder. Is this when the... Like right now, we're about to have, what is tomorrow, the solstice? Right, so the, tomorrow is the shortest day of the entire year, like sunlight-wise. And when we get here in Michigan, wintertime really sucks for, well, some people think the cold or the snow. That, none of those things bother me. I don't care about the cold and the snow. Usually it's okay. It's not a big deal. I kind of like the snow, especially like right around Christmas time, it's always fun to have the snow on the ground, the first couple of snows, whatever. You start to get tired of that stuff, especially when it gets like brown and black and like nasty, like uh, January, mid, mid-January through February, March. That's when you're like, you have to escape. But the thing that gets you more than anything, more than anything, is the lack of sunlight. That's, that's what gets me anyway. Mike in Kentucky. Mike, we appreciate you calling in. We appreciate you being on with us. If you want to join us, 888-900-3393. Where are you calling from in Kentucky, Mike? Eddieville. Uh-oh. You broke up a little bit. Where? Where's that? Eddieville, Kentucky. Didn't didn't get that. Spell it for me. Now. You there? Yes, sir. All right. Now, you, now you're doing good. Where is that? Where in Kentucky? Eddieville. Eddieville. I know where Eddieville is. I, I'm from. Yeah, you know, I'm actually from uh, Indiana originally, right on the border there. Of uh, I'm I'm from Evansville, Kentucky. Okay, or Indiana. Yeah, there you're real well. Yeah, and so I'm. You're, yeah. That's really close. I've been through Eddieville. They got outlet malls there, right? Yes, sir. Used to have. Well, they pretty much they they were shut down. They're just now getting it reopened to where uh, there's a lot of businesses coming back in, and it's a great thing. Yeah, I like Eddieville. And it's it's uh I remember going down there as a kid and driving through Kentucky all through there. It's a beautiful part of the country for sure. Yes, sir. Hey, yes, you sir. you had a question for you or you just wanted to comment. Uh, what what I, was it? I have a question. I I'm I'm hoping you guys can answer it for me. Why is it that the Democratic Party thinks blue collar America, low people like me, uh low lonely people like me uh, don't know what we want. They think they know what's best for us, and they think we're stupid. Why is that? You know, it's like so- on this tax, like on the tax bill. All right, the Democrats have come out and just blasted it, blasted it, blasted it, which I expect no different. But they want us to think that we're stupid, and they know better than what we that we can't read or anything like that. Mm. I mean, why why is that? Why do they think that they have the high road and and what they say everybody should live by? Well, that's their that's their whole MO. Mike, that's that's their whole MO for everybody uh and for everything actually. I think that's what turns me off most about them is that uh they're elitist and they look down at everyone and they, you know, because of their education and where they went to Harvard, or some sort of uh, you yeah. know, uppity school or whatnot so they think they're better than everybody else and they have all the answers the, the, that's okay you can think that all day 
But the problem mm-hmm. that I have is when you start to legislate that stuff and put it into into law, and then you want to start to control everyone with the nanny state and tell us what yeah. whether or not we can have a big gulp uh, or, or or what kind of uh, you know beverage we can have or or junk food or 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 any of these things that they want to uh, right. to legislate. I see a lot of well, that, that with um, syntax yeah, stuff. Like you know, Obamacare. That's that's yep. just like Obamacare. My brother. Uh, got on Obamacare and had great credit, and he had some medical issues. Went into the hospital and uh, had his uh, issues taken care of, come out, and his credit is shot because Obamacare didn't pay for anything. Nothing. And all of this stuff went on his credit. I mean, uh, is that the example we're supposed to live by and take from the Democratic Party? Well, Mike, you make a good point, and I I appreciate you calling it. You know, it's interesting that you say that. Um, there that is that is the mo of the the Democratic Party. That that's the whole deal. They know better, uh, so you don't have to, and you don't need. And by the way, not only is it you don't have to or you don't need to, it's don't think because we're going to do the thinking for you. We're going to do everything for you from cradle to grave. That's the whole progressive mindset. That's the whole setup. And you know, it's interesting. I. Back in 2015, 16, we got closer, closer, and closer in 2016, and it came down to, to between Hillary and and Trump. And I said uh, I made this statement, this call several times here locally, and I said, "Listen, I I just know I I don't know how I can tell you this, but I will tell you that I've lived because uh, I had to work in radio through the years. I had to move around in some of the different places that I that I lived. I said I lived in Ohio and in Kentucky and." Obviously, born in Indiana, lived down in Mississippi, lived in Florida, live up here in Michigan now. I've lived all of these different places, and I said, I can tell you the sentiment. And basically, what Mike is saying here, what he's getting at here is how folks think. That was my job, is to tap into how folks think. They, we, you know, I, I didn't always talk politics. It was a lot of this, you know, just entertainment stuff. You know, I did rock radio. I did this top 40 radio. I just all kinds of different uh, for country you know, I started in country. I said, oh. So the idea is you have to understand, you have to know people, and you have to understand how they think without judging them. And I know in those states that I were, it's Florida, they were concerned about Florida. Trump could win Florida. What about Ohio? I said, well, easily win Ohio. I bet he even wins Michigan. And I think I may have said that he might win Wisconsin as well. I didn't pick up on Pennsylvania. I didn't I didn't mention that one, but all these people were so flabbergasted. It's because, as you just said, Mike, they were so surprised because they don't know you. They don't know you and they don't care about you. They don't care about any of us. That's that's the real issue. And I would say Democratic Party, because, you know, there's a lot of folks in Republican Party that are same way. It's a elitist issue it's an idea where people look down where they look down on everybody else one of the comments i was reading by the way when it comes to the tax cuts and as mike just mentioned look at the end of the day i get to keep more money on my paycheck are you kidding me who is against that who is saying that they're against well over 50 percent of the country according to this comment said they don't they don't pay taxes anyway. So why would they be 
in favor of something that doesn't make any sense anyway, right? Well, I'll tell you the thing about the tax bill that I thought was interesting is that chart that showed what people were going to pay. And I think it was anywhere up to twenty or $24,000 that people would pay no taxes. They'll absolutely have zero tax that would pay. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm not sure where I fit in. I had to go back and look at that. But boy, oh boy. I mean, they, they, uh, they and this is the thing that I, I, I don't think, I, I can tell you I know that my parents are a little older, so they're a little freaked out about, like, Medicare. How's that going to play out? And and I think healthcare is something that they, they tend to, you know, if you're watching NBC or you're watching CNN or you're watching any one of these networks, you're getting constantly uh, the scare tactics. You're constantly getting people want to kill you. And that's why the protesters screamed yesterday in the Senate last night as they passed this thing. And they said, don't kill us, kill the bill, don't kill us, kill the bill. Because they think that the government is out there trying, well, where did they get that idea? Where did that come from in the first place? Certainly, it had to come from someplace, somewhere, on some network. By the way, congratulations, MSNBC, top CNN, in full-year viewership. Maybe that has something to do with this. Uh, we'll go back to that. Plus, let's talk a little bit about the holidays. I don't want to leave you on a completely upsetting note. How do we get through the holidays and make them fun and really bring back what the spirit of Christmas and the holidays is all about? We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit, too. 888 Join the show. Like many, many others, let's see, uh, Edith on the email, we'll grab yours too. Coming up right after this, Justin Barkley and for Pat Gray today. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the blaze radio network coming in a little hot got the coffee going in here got a little well i get came in a little hot there on that sip <sighs> hey last hour by the way this is it this is it and then um well i will be back tomorrow yeah <laughs> i hate to apologize but it's true i will be back tomorrow uh but man i appreciate you hanging out with me in the Facebook group on Facebook, a lot of folks hanging out there. If uh, you want to tweet me, you can. I'm on Twitters, at Mr. Justin Barkley. If you want to email me like Edith just did, I appreciate the email, by the way, Edith. You can. I'm there, at Mr. Justin Barkley on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, and uh, Justin at JustinBarkley.com on the email. Uh, by the way, Edith was talking about, this is, this thing is hilarious. The the uh, techno Trump, the Trumpetron. <laughs> she says it does. It totally looks like Hillary's face reformed to Trumpish. I what? I think that's what they did. I think it really does. This guy made a great point on Twitter earlier. It really does look like they started with the premise that they that that she was going to win and uh they made this this trumpeton tron 2000 or whatever it is 
out of the out of the they shaped him. They mold him out of the Hillary Clay that they had. It's really weird. It is the creepiest thing that you've ever seen. Oh man. She said, if you think that's bad, you ought to see the Obama one. It's pretty bad, too. I don't know why we think these things, because I used to think they, they were really cool. I thought these things were, you know, I mean, Hall of the Presidents, you know. Going through Walt Disney, when you, I don't know, when you were a kid, I, I went through there. I thought it was one of the cooler, uh, these guys come to life, right? Maybe because you don't have like a picture of George Washington in front of you 24 seven. Like nowadays we see pictures of these people all the time. So maybe that, I don't know, maybe that's it. But the uh, the biggest conspiracy, not UFOs. Don't worry about that today. We're talking about that p- people actually think Disney made this animatronic Hillary Clinton robot first and then went around and had to repurpose it because it did. It took them some time. To really, I think, to put this thing out there, to get it, to get it out, and to to get it up, and now that it's out there and open, uh, people are really freaking out. Some folks from Congress headed over to the White House for the celebration on tax. They're going to do the big signing. That whole thing's going to take place. You watch that on the news. It'll be interesting to see what CNN and how they approach. Uh, it's it, it, it's all going to be you know, everything that you're going to see the next the next portion of this is all going to be hey you know uh how many cuts are going to happen how many people are going to be off the obamacare how many that uh, these panels are going to get the hilarity by the way ju- if you like to watch this and you can't you don't get too caught up cuz sometimes it's hard you get caught up you're watching oh my god I want to throw something at this tv Sometimes you just got to turn it off. But if you want to get the popcorn, get ready because they're going to start losing it. They're going to start losing it. MSNBC now topping CNN in uh, full year viewership of uh, for the first time since 2012. This is according to therap.com. Drudge posted this earlier. Rachel Maddow's channel also beat Anderson Cooper's in weekly uh, weekday primetime ski demo, something it hasn't done since 2013. Cable news networks are having a battle and a better 2017 than you are. And MSNBC just wrapped up one uh, one claim that is particularly pleased to tout. Rachel Maddow's network topped Anderson Cooper's in total day. That is 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Total viewers for the first year since 2012. Additionally, her weeknight primetime block, Maddow, the 9 o'clock hour, right? Uh, best of the other guys, AC 360, which I don't know if he's going for, I I really don't know what the, 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 the pundits wrapped around this table. Is he going for a record? Cause every time I see him, he's got another person like around that table and he has to go from like one in the studio to the other. Are they always trying? I feel like there, that's not a thing guys It's like the number of people you have around the table doesn't equal ratings. Matter of fact, I mean, uh, maybe bring it down a notch. Just put, throw one person here, throw one person there. You know, we we don't need because they never really get to get anything of through anything of substance when they get all these people in there. Anyway, that's like just watch for them to ratchet it up because I guarantee the the hilariousness, the insanity. Uh, it, it'll be even, it'll be even wilder 
now that this bill has been passed, because now that they, now we now we really got to put the the heat on. Now they're actually getting things done. Actually getting things done. They, I mean, we got some real progress happening here. So, anyway, uh, the latest and the greatest. Triple A nine hundred thirty three ninety three. If you want to join us, you can. I am uh, super excited for the holidays. I really kind of like this time of year. As a matter of fact, I enjoy uh, the holidays. I love being around family uh, to a certain extent, uh, but I'm looking forward to headed to. I love it. I love this time of year, but it can really get uh, it can be a little overwhelming. We've talked about these kind of things before, especially when it comes to the kids. You're buying all this stuff. And my brother, uh, you know, uh, bless him. He's like, you know, look, hey. Uh, don't the kids don't need any more toys, but I said, listen, this is our job to spoil them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, because it's your niece and nephew, right? Right, right. And my and my, you know, my mom feels the same way as a grandmother, and uh, so it's fun. We like to do a little bit of that, but you know, when you're running around and and Christmas can kind of feel a little chaotic, we can kind of tend to sort of lose track of what the real meaning of the holidays are, no matter what you're celebrating this time of year. How do we stop? Mm-hmm dead in our tracks make sure we don't do that well you have to t- you literally do have to take stock of what what are you putting your priorities in like i mean is it you know you're packing lunches you're changing diapers you're you know you've got to be here you've got to get gifts for the teachers you've got to do you just have to kind of stop the crazy for a second and you know sit down for uh, a minute and kind of realize uh, what are you what is the real spirit of the season? And what are you showing your kids? Mm. Yeah. Because they're, watch- they're watching. What are you showing? I mean, where are you putting your importance? I mean, oftentimes I would suggest, you know, instead of focusing on presence, be present. Mm. <laughs> that sounds like a, like a coffee mug, but I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's, it's a lot easier to say than yeah, to do. Yeah, I know it is. And you know what's funny? Uh, there's this guy named uh, Ram Das. Okay, he's like a spiritual dude, right? You know, he's, he's yeah. an author and whatever. So I was looking this quote up because this came in handy for me over the weekend. And as much as I love my family, I got to one point where I just took a breath and I laughed and I looked at Liz and I go, "There's this guy that wrote this thing and it's so funny." He's like, "No matter how enlightened you think you are, spend a week with your family. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, yeah, see how that comes." <laughs> You know, and it, yeah. it's true, though. I mean, we kind of, family kind of does uh, some funny things to us, you know? Well, and it's not just, you know, and that, that's a good point for for moms and even dads out there. You know, uh, I'm looking, I'm in my office and with my pink uh, glittery tree. Of course, you know, it would be pink. Yeah. And there's a box, a gift from someone. And on the top of it, it says, all is calm, all is bright. And it almost makes me laugh because mm. most people aren't calm and we have to take give yourself a gift of a few minutes to yourself Mm -hmm. and i don't maybe that's a walk you know maybe that's a a going and getting a pedicure whatever it means to you take the dog for a walk or something or you know get a few kid-free hours Mm. or just like you and lizzie go you know go out and spend some time just enjoying each other yeah not not rushing around you know give that to yourself as a gift and remember we don't have to say yes to every single invitation boy that's it's tempting though isn't it? and the, mm-hmm. you know 
all the parties, you have to give yourself permission to RSVP no. Especially so when it comes to uh, the kids, no. you know, and Maria Lucci, the empowered mom, the empoweredmom.com. When it comes to the kids, as a mom, you know, you are, you're, you're, you're running around, you're making, uh, you know, Lizzie's getting into it this week. You know, she's been baking. I've been talking about how much she's been baking so much over the last couple of weeks. And she's going to go into some sort of baking, uh, I, I, I mean, a, a palooza this, this week. I mean, she's literally baking. I don't know, four desserts for different parties, and she's going to make some cookies and some tr- – and I'm like, are you kidding me? Don't kill yourself, you know? Right, right. I mean, we need we need um, more cheer and less stress, and I will tell you, I can relate to that. I haven't had a chance, it's been so busy this year, to bake as much as I would like, you know? And that's kind of part of the tradition and, and the experience for the kids is the smells and, you know, those things happening. But, for example, tonight – uh, there's a cookie exchange, and you bring two dozen cookies, you get two dozen cookies, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm going to just tell you all out there, do some holiday hacks. I mean, I may bring two dozen cookies, and I said I may just be able to stop by. Mm. You know, literally, I'll stop by, say hello. Um, but I may go buy those two dozen cookies <laughs> this year. Yeah. I don't have time. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. And then the other thing is, I know it sounds silly, I mean, I used to love to have the hours to sit and wrap gifts because I like to wrap gifts. Mm-hmm. Gift bags. Yeah. Throw them in there. Make it easy on yourself. And here's one other thing I think is really, really important. We've got to remember a couple of things about this time of year. This is a really difficult time of year for a lot of people. You know, it's, it's, they don't have the family or they're missing loved ones mm-hmm. or it's their first holiday without loved ones. We know, especially this year. Um, there's there's a lot of people out there, and so be cognizant of that. Yeah, you know, be aware if somebody's going through a hard time, and donate, serve. It's the small things of giving. I mean, think about the lessons that you're teaching your kids. It's not all about receiving. Yeah, give it your love, give your time, just give kindness Thank to somebody you. that might not otherwise give it. Your kids are watching, and yeah. that's what we're teaching them. Thank and you for giving a little, uh, little little kindness and a little love for us today. We really appreciate you, Maria Lucci, the Empowered Mom, theempoweredmom.com. More tips, tricks, and ways to make sure you keep yourself happy and uh, healthy through the holidays. That mental health counts, right? I mean, that's, that's a big part of it, right? Maria Lucci. Yeah. Appreciate you being here. And as Ron said earlier, kind of off the air, uh, the booze always helps out. <laughs> Drinking, drinking does. I mean, it does a little bit of yeah. Okay. Uh, no, you know, honestly, I, I got to tell you, uh, it is challenging on my end. And think about it. I love my parents, but I have learned, and I know they're not listening, so I can feel fine saying this. But I have learned that uh, you know, distance has helped us. I live about seven hours away from my parents. I can imagine living right around the corner. That would be a little too close. And uh, when we go in for uh, these these uh, you know these trips, man, I mean it's like maybe two days, maybe three tops. And we used to stay at their house, but boy, uh, we just we've been getting into the habit now of staying at the hotel. Oh, that's even better. That's even better. Because then you can focus on when you're actually together, when you're hanging out with each other, that you are spending some quality time together. It's not the amount of time. Right, it's the quality that you're spending there. I think you get it. You you, you kind of get the 
right? You get a little bit of the uh, the, the uh, spirit, the holiday spirit. Speaking of hotels, by the way, you won't believe this. A woman says a hotel charged her $350 for something. <laughs> I thought about this. I was at the hotel over the weekend. I mean, you know, they got your many bars and they got your, uh, you know, there was all these new things that they want to charge you for, right? They charge you for the Wi-Fi. That's a big one now, too, right? Hey, you want to get that super high-speed Wi-Fi? It's only like five bucks a day. And listen, that's fine. You're a business. you got to make money. I don't have a problem with that. $350 for what woman says that they charged her for? You won't believe. We'll talk about that story when we come back. Quick break. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Justin Barkley. More with uh, Pat Gray's Unleashed right after this. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray. Yeah, the buses are rolling out right now. Is this Chuck Schumer? Oh, God. Let me get a little taste of this. Chuck Schumer, if this is live, CNN is airing the buses rolling off Capitol Hill on over to the White House. Tax breaks don't lead to job creation. They lead to big CEO salaries and money for the very, very wealthy. What? And finally... Okay, we're going to pull away from this. Oh, no, pull away. It's the best thing I could ever wish for for Christmas is Chuck Schumer talking about something he has no idea he's talking about. I mean, just think about that piece of gold nugget right there. Tax breaks don't lead to job creation? Are you kidding me? What does lead to higher taxes? So essentially what you're saying is is that uh, the government cannot affect job creation, Chucky. Is that what you're saying? The government can't do those things. I thought the whole premise of uh, of pro- progressivism is, is that the, the government can do all those things. Oh, the circus continues. I'll keep an eye. I'll see if they if if, if they have anything, anything that uh, makes that list. By the way, Matt Drudge, number four. On the most influential in media, 2017, Sean Hannity, number three, Jeff Zucker, he's over at CNN. Fox and Friends co-host Steve Ducey, Ainsley Earhart, and Brian Kilmeade made the number one most influential? Hmm. Well, this is why. The President of the United States regularly starts his day watching Fox and Friends and then tweets about whatever they cover and however they cover it. He promotes their show, tags them by name, and sings their praises. That alone makes Steve Ducey, Brian Kilmeade, and Ainsley Earhart three of the most influential media people, not just in the United States, but in the entire world. Goes on to say, this from Media Eye, since they've captured the president's attention, which often then gets tweeted and covered by the media, the topics they cover essentially set the national agenda for the rest of the day. That is influence like few other media figures have ever enjoyed. According to Mediaite, and there's pages of this stuff, by the way, most influential of 2017. I don't know. I think Jeffy made the list, too. Am I? Do you know what number that was? We'll look look that up. We'll see if we can find that. 
I, uh, yeah. I <laughs> don't look, don't look too hard. Don't look too hard, guys. Uh, here's one woman. <laughs> 333, okay. <laughs> it's pretty good. Hey, I'm below that, so that's fine. Woman says uh hotel has charged her $350, and for what, you'll never guess. A French woman gets a jaw-dropping bill from a local hotel, and what happened to her could be fair warning to everybody else. CBS 11's J.D. Miles joining us live from the Super 8 Hotel in question. This is on Stemmons Freeway with the story. J.D.? Doug, most of us use credit cards to pay for hotel rooms. In fact, some hotels require them, but you may want to think twice before you use it to pay for someone else's room when you hear about one woman's $55,000 bill. What? Family means everything to Rena Hobbs. So a few months ago, the mother of six agreed to pay for a room at this Farmer's Branch Super 8 for a destitute relative in town for a night. When I checked her into the hotel, I used my credit card and I signed for the room. That decision came back to haunt Hobbs when her cousin apparently started a fire in bed with a lighter. And there were sprinklers that went off and, you know, water everywhere. Hobbs says the fire was ruled accidental. She had forgotten about it until last week when she received a bill that took her breath away. It was a subrogation demand of payment or something for $55,000. That's right, $55,000 for unspecified damages. The hotel didn't appear to have undergone any recent major repairs when we walked through it today, but because Hobbs' name was on the room, she's being asked to pay. Woo! She's not going to be ultimately responsible. Dallas lawyer Pete Schulte says even though Hobbs signed a liability form at check-in, she didn't cause the fire and shouldn't be held accountable for a bill she says she can't afford. It's not like I have a money tree with $55,000 on it in the backyard. <laughs> now, Hobbs Hold on, you gotta let Congress know about that money tree if you got one there, sweetie. I mean, uh, if we have one of these money trees, we really need to figure out where they are planted. I'm going to go back to school and figure out how to take care of them. How about this next one? A customer at an Indiana hotel is claiming that she was charged $350 and threatened with a lawsuit in retaliation for a negative review she posted online. <laughs> Katrina Arthur and her husband stayed at the Abbey Inn and Suites in March of 2016. By the way, this is how you know it's a high-class establishment because it not, this is what it says. Abbey Inn, Hot Tub Suites, and Wedding Chapel. I don't know where this place is, but I am all, oh, here's a link. I found the link. I'm all in. I got to find this place. It's nothing I love more than a quick, you know, nuptial, getting my, you know, getting my nuptials done and then heading on over to the Hot Tub Suite. Oh, it says it's error 404, page not found on the Abbey Inn. You got to be kidding me. They have to be online if they've got the Hot Tub Inn and Suites. She and her husband stayed there in March of 2016. They alleged the room they stayed in was less than stellar. Come on. If you see a place named, I've come on the hotel side here. If you see a place named the Abbey Inn and Hot Tub Suites, uh, I don't know. And I'm looking at the picture. I don't know. The room was unkempt. It looked like it hadn't been cleaned since the last people stayed there. We checked in the sheets and found hairs and dirt. Oh, God, no. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. I'd be checking out immediately. 
have a good friend that travels quite a bit, and he started like a Facebook page or a, a website. It's like Hotel Disasters, Hotel Nightmares, something like that. Hang on, I gotta. Yeah, there it is. He started HotelNightmares.com. This guy, oh man, he so he's a consultant for uh, radio stations and radio companies throughout the country. So what he does, he flies around. And he meets people and uh, talks about the radio stations or whatever they are. His name is Paige. Look him up on Facebook. You'll find this. Uh, and he literally throws up uh, the the on the website and then on the Facebook page pictures of his horrible, horrifying uh, experiences. Now, what has started happening is people now are sending him stuff. Stains on carpets, on furniture, uh, crazy signs. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of weird, but it's really kind of taken off. Uh, floor puke is the one he he, he posted December. <laughs> floor puke. Vomit next to the bed. It's got to be Las Vegas is what it says. So it's right there next to the He takes a picture and you can see it. HotelNightmares.com. Some of the best, some of the worst. Rust in the bathtub, rust uh, drains in Vegas. He's taking pictures of, oh, this is disgusting. People with uh, with their feet up, bare feet up on the wall on an airplane. Uh, mattress stains. Oh, God. I don't want to even say any more about this stuff. It's uh, it's it's the best. Go go look that up. Hotel Hotel Nightmares. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So this woman says their room was not clean. She writes a review about it. Now they've charged her $350, the hotel, $350 on her credit card, sending her a letter promising to sue for the comments they claim disparaged them. So now she's fighting back. She's talking about it openly. Who knows if they'll wipe this off or get rid of it. They didn't want to wipe anything off the sheets, apparently. So, got to be careful these days. Not only where you stay, but what you say after you stay. Back right after this. Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, by the way, Pat Gray unleashed that Facebook group. Gone over and checked that out. A lot of cool people over there having a good time. One of them, Joseph, asks, what did you do with Jeffy? Bring back my son. Oh, wait. Uh, I am, am I my Jeffy's keeper? I don't think so. I, I don't know where he is. And my guess would be that he is getting an also a, a very well-deserved bit of vacation. Have you seen any, is it Jeffy sightings around there? Is he not a creature was stirring? Not even a Jeffy, apparently. 
you know, these guys work so hard. You got to give them a little bit of time off to just sort of uh, decompress and get ready to bring it back to you, uh, just like they do every single day. So well-deserved vacation. By the way, big news coming off uh, Drudge right now is the uh, is the uh, folks over there at the uh, Congress head on over to the White House for a, a White House celebration with uh, with taxes here. Uh, Got This comes right off the AT&T.com. Um, and it says AT&T tax reform. With tax reform, AT- this is, this is, this is, I don't think, I, this came 21 minutes ago out of Dallas, Texas. This is a news release. So let me go ahead and play you a little bit of a sound. I don't have one. But if I did, if this is like big, you know, like like a Fox News, so you'd hear it. Breaking news, right? Something like that. Just imagine that I played something like that. Uh, with tax reform, AT&T plans to increase U.S. capital spending $1 billion and provide $1,000 special bonus to more than 200,000 U.S. employees. I just want you to think about this for a moment. As Chuck Schumer and CNN try to shove everything down your throat over the next couple of days about how evil this is and how bad this is. I just watched Brooke Baldwin a few minutes ago talking about, well, what if this doesn't work? What are we going to do? Did they have that conversation about Obamacare? Well, what if this doesn't work? Well, the dang thing is absolutely collapsed. It's collapsed over the last few years. What if it doesn't work? Just remember that as they push that narrative of, you know, the evil corporations, you have a Christmas present from AT&T here now reporting. They are going to get, let me say this again. I'll read the headline again. This is straight off of the AT&T website. This is, the link is like about.att.com slash story slash att dash tax dash reform. Not HTML slash I don't know if you have to put the www dot in front of it or not, but this is right off of their website. It's official. Is my point on this? This is Investor News out of Dallas, Texas, 21 minutes ago. With tax reform, AT&T plans to increase U.S. capital spending $1 billion. Let me say it this way. $1 billion. And provide sharks with lasers. No. And provide $1,000 special bonus to more than 200,000 U.S. employees. Today, Congress approved legislation representing the first comprehensive tax reform of the generation. The president is expected to sign the bill in the coming days. Once tax reform is signed into law, AT&T plans to invest an additional $1 billion into the United States in 2018 and pay a special $1,000 bonus to more than 200,000 AT&T U.S. employees. All union representative, non-management, and frontline managers. If the president signs the bill before Christmas, employees will receive the bonus over the holidays. This just hit. This literally just hit. So when you hear, and you will over the coming days about the trickle-down, you'll hear about trickle-down economics, you'll hear about all this stuff, right? This doesn't work. This is uh, giving tax breaks to uh, big greedy corporations you know all these things that you're going to hear over the next few days you're going to hear all of them right none of that stuff none of it none of it actually means anything look at what really is happening 
all around. Look at the things that are really taking place in the here and now. This was just announced. The thing it hasn't even been signed into law yet. So this is this is why when you look at I, I mean you look at why Wall Street has been going bonkers and through the roof. Stocks are climbing higher and higher. Now will that drop? Will we see a correction? I don't know. I'm not I'm gonna be prepared. Personally, I'll be ready for it. We'll, we'll you know, we'll get through, we'll get to that point. I'll I'll keep an eye on it. But I think what business, I think what they like, I think what I'm saying is that they like the fact that the government is getting out of their hair. This is unreal. There are 200,000 people running around with a $1,000 bonus. What does an extra $1,000 do for you? What does an extra $1,000 do for any family as a Christmas joke, as a Christmas, you know, um, bonus? Do you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. And this, we haven't even begun to see what's going to be coming out of this, just to scratch the surface. But you will see, uh, you know, you're going to see all these folks on CNN, the Anderson Coopers, the Brooke Baldwins of the world, talking about how bad this thing is. Why do you think that is? It's because they know that they're losing. They know that they're losing. And by the way, with this, uh, I believe, uh, repeals Obamacare mandate. So not only do you get the tax reform, and as AP puts it, <laughs> this is AP. Congressional Republicans delivered an epic overhaul of U.S. tax laws to President Donald Trump on Wednesday, bringing generous tax cuts for corporations and the wealthiest Americans while providing smaller cuts for middle- and low-income families. Well, first of all, low-income families don't pay anything under this law. I mean, if you're 24000 and below, you pay nothing. Low, 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 nothing. And if you keep going up that chart, I think it's, it's, it's really kind of interesting how you're going to see less money in your wallet on February. And that's where I think this whole thing is going to really kick into gear. When people start to get those checks and they're bigger than they ever have been, when they start to get those first checks, that's when this thing's going to take off. I remember as a kid, my nephew, uh, he's 17. He just got his first job. He's working at a sandwich shop. And let me tell you about this kid. He's had a little problems. He's been through some, he's had some hard, some hard times. You know, he's been through some stuff. <laughs> as a kid, but uh, he's on his way up from that, and he started where I, I told him, I said, just get to, let this kid go get a job. Get him, work, get him working. He's not doing great in school because, you know, school's not for everybody. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't want to be in school. So, this kid has gone out now. He's got his first job, and he's starting to see how it works, and it's he's going to make some money. He goes, man, I want to go get another job. So, he's gone out, he got a, you know, got a sandwich, job at a sandwich, now he's getting a job at a bowling alley. 
I'm not saying he's jumping from job to job. I'm saying he's got two jobs now. The kid's 17. Two. And he wants to get a third job. A third job. I said, good for him, man. That is awesome. What is about to happen with him is the same thing that happened with me, I think, when I first started working. He is about to get his first check. And this is the thing that we don't, we kind of take this for granted. Because of the way our, our system works, they take that money before you even ever get a chance to see it. So you don't even think about losing that money, but that money was yours, right? He's going to see for the first time how much money the government takes from him, from his sweat, from the blood, sweat and tears that he's poured out working at that sandwich shop. And I don't care who you are, or where you work, what you do for a living. You know what I mean? You had to pour some blood, sweat and tears out to get there. So when you first get that, I remember my job. My, one of my first jobs. What's my first? But one of my first jobs. Scooping ice cream, dropping French fries at this fast food restaurant into the, and the worst part about it, that wasn't hard. That was the easy part. The worst part, the hardest part was cleaning up the grease afterwards. Oh my, in the vents and the traps and stuff. Oh man, that was the, that, that was a pain. And you smelled like it. Forever, you know, it took forever to get through. Anyway, you, you turn around and you look at that first check and you start to see what they've taken out, man. You go, what the heck is this? What's going on? So I predict in February it's gonna it's just absolutely gonna be. Now can you imagine if they would have got this done before Christmas? Pass this thing into law even sooner and people could have had that money for the holidays. An extra thousand dollars, a bonus for AT&T company uh, employees. Two hundred thousand U.S. employees are going to get that one thousand dollar bonus. That's big. This is just the first company to come out, and I guarantee we'll start to see more because they're they're going to press release this stuff. Will it get covered, and will it be picked up? That's what I want to know. Will CNN cover that? Will CNN cover the fact that because of the tax cuts, AT&T is going to do this. Invest an extra $1 billion into the United States. By the way, when they say invest an extra billion dollars into the United States, what do they mean by that? What does that mean? It means they're going to put it into the infrastructure. It's going to put it into the business. They're going to put, and you know, you're talking cable companies now, AT&T and some of the stuff that they own, right? So what does that mean? Faster internet, better data, Right. Well, this can't be that net neutrality stuff people were just talking about, can it? Okay. $1,000 bonus to the employees as well. And all these people that are coming in that are going to get, they're going to get the benefit of working. What, what think about putting that together. I just had a guy email me on the, uh, we first started the show earlier today. He's coming up from Indiana to help work on smart electric, like smart grid kind of stuff like he's starting to to do some of the stuff up in michigan and he's got a couple of places he's got to come up and work well as they start to do these all this work on the infrastructure man they've really got to put you got to pour money into it and it trickles down this is the trickle down that we're talking about this is the trickle down we're already starting to see it cnbc has an interesting article about this i will continue to follow it triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. if you want to join the show at any time you can 
We'll love to have you on. 888-900-3393. Also, Justin at justinbarclay.com is a great way to get in touch with me, get a hold of me. On the emails, you can email me right now or on Twitter, at Mr. Justin Barclay. Got to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back in for Pat Gray today. It's Barclay on the Blaze. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Checking my Twitter here and uh, making a list here on the Twitter and checking it twice. And uh, <laughs> I missed some good stuff. EJM, what's up? By the way, um, she she had some great tweets. Protesters so lame they can't even rhyme their rants. I think that was good. She also tweeted me an assault, a picture of an assault plunger for when it hits the fan. <laughs> yes, that is exactly that is exactly uh, what I need. Thank you very much, man. I I uh, missed a lot of stuff here on the twitters. I apologize. At Mister Justin Barkley, if you want to catch up, I appreciate you being here. All right, uh, let's talk one thing that didn't really get. This didn't get much traction. Let's just play a what-if game. This comes from a website called Law and Crime, a Dan Abrams production. You know Dan Abrams from uh, NBC and most recently, I think, Notorious for uh, an amazing show uh, that you may or may not have checked out on A&E. It's called um, Live PD. So let me explain what Live PD is. It's like cops, but way better. Because it's all happening live. They are in different cities throughout the country. Have you ever seen this live, PD? It's amazing. It happens like Friday and Saturday nights. <laughs> A&E, they go around and they, uh, they're like, they're, they're maybe different camera crews in like three or four different cities every night. So Dan Abrams is the host of the show. And they bring in cops like law enforcement guys from different backgrounds or whatever. And they comment on things as these things are happening as they're watching into these different places. So they go, oh, we got something in Salt Lake City. Let's go down and see what's going on. Apparently this person has just gotten pulled over and blah, blah, blah. And so they take you in and now you're watching it live. It's like cops, but it's live. It's intense. It really is. It's amazing. It's an amazing show. I highly recommend it. Law and Crime, this blog, a Dan Abrams production. Anyway, one of the uh, things that Dan used to do was report for, like, court TV and stuff like that. I think it's where this, this blog came from. Anyway, this is written by Elora Nanos. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, and I apologize. I know I'm not. Probably anyway, so, hey, let's just move forward. Trump might be able to fire Mueller without actually firing him. I think it's an interesting piece. Uh, I don't know if this actually happens or not moving forward in 2018, but it's I think it's an interesting prospect. And what would it mean for several months now? We've been on Mueller watch. 
waiting to see if and when President Trump takes action to remove Robert Mueller from his post as special counsel in the Russia probe. This past weekend, Trump was asked point blank whether he intends to fire Mueller, an inquiry to which POTUS responded an unequivocal, no, I'm not. Followed up by the usual insistence that there was no collusion whatsoever between his campaign and Russia. While it's certainly a bit calming to hear that our president isn't planning to go full-scale Nixon on the special counsel charged with investigating Russian interference into our election, Trump watchers aren't sighing with relief just yet. All signs are pointing to 45s employing something of a workaround that would result in Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein's being the next to hear you're fired by President Trump. Okay, so this is obviously written from a uh, left perspective, but this is game planning what's going to happen and why. And the reason I think it's kind of interesting is that this this strategy that they're claiming may happen uh, is pretty... It is pretty plausible. I don't know what happens if Trump fires Mueller. Probably bad press. Well, bad press anyway. Bad idea, right? Um, but obviously, how do you get through this and get get over this? Uh, and let's move forward as a country when they have nothing. And they've had nothing for quite some time. How do you move forward? Especially now that they're starting to... You know, you're starting to see, like, okay, if they're going to investigate this Russia thing, I think there are some on the left that are starting to realize that there are a lot of things up for grabs, and there's some things that are coming out that they don't like, such as last week's big bombshell announcement, the fact that, of course, you've got these FBI agents and uh, and attorneys talking back and forth about their plans and what they'll do is contingencies, you know, just in case if he does, oh, God forbid, I hope he doesn't get elected, but we got to have an emergency. What are we going to do? We've got to have a backup plan here. So as this stuff starts to come out, you start to see more and more exposure into what is the deep state, quote unquote, right? This this political organization that it doesn't even have to be a complete network. It's just people that are all working towards the same goal of, hey, let's keep big government big because it keeps us in business, right? So you've got this entire th- sort of thread, this narrative now that is just being exposed. And they're starting to say, well, hold on, wait a minute. Maybe this doll does need to go away. Let's take him down another way. Which 2018 is the year of sexual harassment, right? Which is really what the plan is for 2018. However, we did just see, um, I think I saw an article I don't want to do sidetracked here, but I think I just saw an article yesterday that one of the accusers, one of the Donald Trump, President Trump accusers, is actually a woman who used to do his makeup maybe on The Apprentice or did some makeup for some sort of, uh, maybe it was some sort of, at any rate, she's a makeup artist. She wanted and had tried to come back and work for him several times. Most recently, uh, I guess in the last year or so. But because she was not, uh, accepted back into the fold or because she, uh, she, she did not get a new job with him, apparently she came forward and said that he had sexually harassed him. Whatever the claim was. My point is, is that 
that will be, and it, it looks like, that will be the, the 2018 attack. So the Russia stuff kind of stays on the back burner, but eventually it kind of goes away because it's not, it's not working. It's not moving the needle. And, yeah, they're able to bring people up on these process crimes, but there's nothing there. And the more they dig, the more they can't ignore the fact that they're, the real stuff, the real issue with Russia, and the real issue with the, the previous administration is going to be that Hezbollah stuff with Obama. The fact that uh, the president allowed Hezbollah to, allegedly, according to this political article, allowed Hezbollah to traffic the cocaine in order to make that Iranian deal work. Also, the fact that, you know, it's weird. Uranium, Iranian, they're very close. But you have the Uranium One deal, and you have all of these things that happen in the background, of course, yeah, with um, with Hillary Clinton. So what they say, this is an interesting interesting piece. But I'll, I'll tweet this out. But it, it, what they say is that if the president fired the deputy attorney general because the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, recused himself, you got a new uh, deputy attorney general that steps forward, and that person could then fire Mueller and take control because this person is overseeing all of it. Does that happen? Keep an eye on it. Not really sure. What I think we need to keep an eye on, I think most importantly, is what happens with taxes. Do they shut the government down on top of it? Oh, my gosh. What happens if the government gets shut down? I can't even imagine. We'll follow all of it. We'll be here back again tomorrow so you can make plans accordingly. If that means not listening because you were completely appalled by this show, I apologize. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Ron. Uh, But, no, we would love to see you back here again. And if you want to send me an email, by all means, do throughout the evening. I would love to read your email. I'd love to keep in contact with you, Justin at JustinBarkley.com. Also, uh, check out that group, Pack Ray Unleash Group on Facebook. Those guys are always having a blast. And I'm on Twitter, at Mr. Justin Barclay on the Twitters. Looking forward to it. I think I'm headed to see Star Wars. I think that's where I'm going. If so, I'll keep you posted. I have a goal of seeing like a movie a day this week. I don't know if that's going to work. i got to set my goals, set my sights high. You know, some people like in the new year, they want to lose a lot of weight. Me, I want to see a lot of movies. That's where I'm going. <laughs> a lot of popcorn. Keeping my goals high. We'll see you back here tomorrow. In for Pat Gray on The Blaze. It's always a pleasure and a privilege. Barclay. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.